Hi, everybody. Thank you for welcoming us into your home. We're continuing our series called Bless, and we want to recommend a book by Dave and John Ferguson called Bless, Five Everyday Ways to Love Your Neighbor and Change the World. And some of our thoughts in this series come from that book, but it's a handy little book to have, and it'll illustrate some uh, wonderful uh, principles about blessing our neighbor. So I want to talk about the sacred practice of sharing a meal today. Did you ever notice how many times Jesus ate with strangers? In the Gospels, it occurs fairly frequently. Ever notice how many times great conversations were recorded for us in the Gospels when Jesus was, well, at table or at a meal? Luke includes 10 stories of Jesus eating and talking. And not just with his disciples. He sat down with all kinds of different people, uh, uh, people who would believe far different things than he believed, people from different cultural backgrounds, and he shared meals with them. Now, some of Jesus's meals, in fact, were momentous occasions in the gospel story. And uh, some of those are, well, the first miracle at Cana in Galilee. Remember how he turned the water into wine at a, at a marriage feast in John chapter 2. Remember the feeding of the 5,000 in Matthew chapter 14. The Last Supper, perhaps the most momentous meal of all, in Luke chapter 22, and Jesus talked to the disciples about his crucifixion and resurrection, and he shared with them the, uh, the emblems, the, the cup and the wine as emblems of his uh, death and resurrection. Remember the story of the breakfast on the beach. This was after the resurrection, and Jesus appeared to the disciples. They're out fishing. He's on the shore. He makes breakfast for them. And uh, they come ashore, and this is at the time of uh, Jesus, Jesus reinstating P Peter into the circle of disciples. That's in John chapter 21. So some really uh, important events happened around meals and, and the disciples eating together with Jesus and Jesus eating with strangers and, and with all kinds of friends. The story we want to look at today is from Matthew's gospel, chapter 9, verse 9 to 13. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for all kinds of opportunities that you give us to bless our neighbors, our friends, people who live next door and people who live far away, people who need your mercy. Thank you for the opportunity that you've given us even to share a meal with people even a cup of coffee, even a, a donut at a, at a corner uh, coffee shop. So Lord, thank you for opportunities to have moments when we can bless people. Thank you for your creation. Thank you for the wonderful gift of life that you've given us. And you've given us so many opportunities where we can reach out and show mercy and love and kindness and bless others. We praise your name for that. We enjoy doing your kind of work. 
In your name we pray. Amen. So Jesus was doing something scandalous in his culture when he sat down with the tax collectors and had a meal with them. Notice how Matthew invites some of his tax-collecting friends to come and eat with him. And the, and the Pharisees, the, the religious Jewish people, called these people sinners. Now, the, the word sinner was a technical word in that century, which basically meant they were common folks. Uh, they, weren't, they weren't obeying all of the religious laws. In fact, only people who made religion kind of a, a full-time occupation could could uh, fully satisfy all the laws that they had drawn up that they had to obey. If, if you had to work for a living, uh, if you had to associate with in the marketplace, you couldn't stop from, from doing things which, which the Pharisees, which the religious people thought were, well, uh, sacrilegious and uh, made you a sinner, someone who fell short of, of who you really needed to be. And of course, then there was a common divide between the very religious people, like the Pharisees and Sadducees, and the common folks. And the very religious people called all the common folks sinners. But Jesus hung around with those folks, and, and he shared the good news with them all the time. Well, not only was Jesus eating with uh, sinners or common folks, uh, people who didn't make a living out of being religious and following all the rules, uh, Jesus was eating with unpatriotic cheaters, because that's what tax collectors were. You see, tax collectors made their living by working for the Roman authorities. And the, the Roman authorities were not in the good books of, of most of the Jewish uh, aristocracy. Uh, they were perceived to be overlords. They were perceived to be overbearing. They were, they were perceived to be hard taskmasters. And for any Jew to uh, work for the Romans was, was really quite a nasty thing. And not only that, but of course, you, you probably have already heard that tax collectors made their living by charging a little bit more than the actual tax, and they would pocket the uh, extra that they brought in from that. That's the way they made their living. And so Jesus was not only meeting with sinners, he was meeting with unpatriotic uh, cheaters. And uh, this upset the Pharisees and said, why, why are you doing that? Why are you meeting with these people? And Jesus basically saying, this is the very kind of people that I have come to show mercy to. And uh, he said to the Pharisees, you better think about that. And what does it really mean to show mercy? So Jesus was allowing them, really, uh, these sinners, these uh, unpatriotic folks, to eat their way into the kingdom of God. Uh, by sharing a meal with them, they were learning what it meant to be children of God, to be followers of, of God, to, to be uh, right with God the Father. And in fact, Jesus does such a great job of it. Matthew, who records the story for us, becomes an apostle and an author. So meals are more than simply a chance to eat, a chance to gain sustenance, a chance to get our proper vitamins and nutrients that, that we need. There is something sacred about sharing a meal with someone. Now, now uh, this is really, I, I think, important to try to grasp, that, that in our world today, uh, a lot of things have been made sacred or perceived to be, pardon me, uh, secular that are really sacred. For example, marriage is sacred. Uh, well, you think that marriage is an institution, that marriage is something simply a legal agreement, but marriage is also sacred. There's, there's something divine, there's something spiritual, there's something God-breathed about being married and, and sharing lives with each other. 
Uh, art, I think, is also sacred. And, and, and of course, art can be profaned. Um, art, art can be um, uh, twisted and abused. But, but anything that's sacred can be abused and profaned and used for, for irreligious or, or profane purposes. But uh, art is, 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 in fact, uh, sacred. So is nature. It's sacred. See, anything that God has created, anything that God has created, it, God instills his breath into them. He, is, he, he is, instills his spirit into these things. And they're really sacred because he created creation to be enjoyed. He created creation as an extension of himself so that we would see and enjoy and in wonder behold his goodness in the things around us. So things like uh, marriage and art and, and music. These are all sacred things. And as followers of Jesus, as people of the kingdom, we really need to reclaim these things which in our culture have simply become natural or simply become uh, secular. We need to really reclaim them as being sacred. No, these things uh, have the breath of God in them and we enjoy them and, and we understand that, that, that these things can speak more than, than, than simply uh, uh, natural things to us, but these things have a, have a hint of of uh, helping us understand who God is. And it's the very same, same thing about meals. Yeah, think of it this way. Your table at home is a sacred place. When you sit around together as a family or when you sit together with friends and you, you break bread, you eat together, that's a sacred moment. It's a moment that, uh, uh, well, God can use to, to speak into your lives, to inform, to instruct. And certainly this is what Jesus was doing and all the opportunities he had to eat with his friends and with strangers and with, with people in his culture. N.T. Wright, the theologian, said, when Jesus himself wanted to explain to his disciples what his forthcoming death was all about, he didn't give them a theory. He gave them a meal. This is the cup. This is my blood. This is the emblem of my new covenant. Take and, and drink it. And this bread, this is an emblem of my body. Take and eat it, right? It's a sacred thing. I think that uh, Jesus could have used several other methods to try to explain his death and resurrection. You know, if it was us, we would have had a whiteboard. Maybe we'd have PowerPoint presentation. Maybe we'd have a long uh, uh, dissertation or essay to explain it. But Jesus uses a meal. He says, this is it. This is a sacred occasion. And whenever you eat this, whenever you drink this, you proclaim who I am. Wow, a sacred moment. And so we need to understand then that a, that a meal is more than a chance to eat. It's, it's a sacred moment because of intimacy and, and friendship. What, that's what happens around a meal. Uh, we listen around a meal. We, we share each other, each other's lives around a meal. You know, some things go well together, um, particularly well together. Peanut butter and jam go really well together. Apple pie and cheese go really well together. Have you ever tried it? Uh, apple pie without cheese is like a kiss without a squeeze, if you've ever heard that. Uh, chocolate. And, well, I think chocolate probably goes well with everything. I, you know, I think I could probably eat Brussels sprouts if they were dipped in chocolate. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. But how about chocolate and bacon? Hey, wouldn't that be a combination, you know? Everybody loves bacon. Everybody loves chocolate. Someone should try that sometime. People are even willing to eat bugs if they're covered in chocolate. Well, at table, when we eat together, eating and listening go together. They work well in combination. When we eat together, for some reason, we're more prone to be open to conversation, to be more prone 
to listening. And, and last week we learned how important it was to learn to listen to our friends, to, to not just be thinking about what we're supposed to say, but to listen. In fact, a, a month or two ago, we did a series on listening like Jesus. Jesus had tremendous listening skills that we need to learn from. And uh, when we eat together, it's a tremendous opportunity, not only to be refreshed, not only to gain some kind of uh, sustenance, nutrition, but it's a time to listen. It's a time to uh, open up. It's a time to allow ourselves to really hear what's going on in someone else's lives. And I think that's why it's so important for families to have meals together. And I know the tendency today is for families to be so busy that uh, uh, you just grab food and and run into your rooms or run into the office. But I I think it's really important that families eat together. I remember uh, when our boys were growing up, some of the best times we had together as family were eating together. And in particular, we found that going to restaurants, and they're really inexpensive restaurants that we went to, those were some of the best times we had with our kids. In fact, that we found as a husband and wife, we talked together about how our kids were doing, and we found that when our kids were beginning to kind of uh, uh, get a little antsy and perhaps become a little disobedient and you feel that they're kind of moving away from the discipline that you've had in the home. And uh, we found that, that going out and having a meal together at, uh, at McDonald's or Denny's or Burger King or someplace like that, we really would connect again and we just feel a sense of, of, of community and belonging and, and love for one another and, and more of a listening attitude to one another's hearts. We found that as a cure for, uh, well, sometimes the kids get a little bit out of control, move a little bit away from from, uh, perhaps the the principles that you want to have around in your home. So this whole series on BLESS, the B stands for begin with prayer, the L stands for listen to their story, that's last week, and today is eat with them. And we're going to talk about serve with them next week, and then the week after, share your story. So one of the best ways to bless our neighbors is to eat with them. I know, I know, COVID protocols. How are we going to do that today? People can't come into our home. Well, uh, if you're vaccinated, you could go to a restaurant together or, or perhaps uh, look forward to a day when, when the COVID protocols will be dropped and we'll be able to gather together. And maybe you could start planning and thinking about that. And I know, I know, you may not like eating your own cooking, let alone invite someone over to eat with you, but, but how about skip the dishes? How about takeout? Again, how about going to a restaurant together and, and eating that way? And, and I know, I know, I know the excuse. My house is a mess. I don't want to invite anybody over until we renovate the kitchen or until we change the carpet or until we get a new Chesterfield. But you know what? Everybody's house is a mess. Learn to deal with it. Learn to say, you know what? I'm going to, you know, some of the most hospitable people in this world that I have known haven't had the nicest homes, but they have the gift of hospitality and they just welcome people in. And and you know what? The warmth of your hospitality is far more important than the pristine shape that your house might be in. Now, I I know, I know uh, you don't have time. You're busy. But, But do you have time for coffee? Uh, you, have to, you have to eat any lunch anyway. How about a, a quick lunch with somebody? How about a, sharing a donut at a, at a coffee shop or a, or a biscuit or, a, or something? And, and I, know, um, I know sometimes you say, well, I don't know if I had people over, if I, if I you know, went out with, with strangers or neighbors, I what to say. Well, listen, how about just asking questions? Just ask, 
where did you grow up? And they're going to tell you a wonderful story. Ask, what kinds of jobs have you had? And you're going to hear a wonderful story. And, or what about, what do you do for fun? So there's lots of questions. People love to talk about themselves. And when you ask questions about someone's life you, and you listen, you're going to learn some really interesting things about your friends and about your neighbors. After all, the goal is not to convert people in, in this whole series. We're not talking about converting people. We're talking about blessing people. Perhaps you missed, missed the first message online. We, we talked about a uh, doctoral dissertation that was done uh, in Thailand, and it was done among missionaries. A group of missionaries was sent out, and their principal role was to convert people. And they studied them for two years and see how they did. Another group of missionaries was sent into Thailand, and they said, you know, your goal is not to convert people. Your goal is just to bless people by sharing meals with them, by figuring out how to help them with their industry or help them in the marketplace. Just bless them. After two years, it was discovered that that, that group that went out with the intent to convert had one convert to Jesus Christ. But the group that went out just to bless people had 48 converts to Jesus Christ. And so what we're asking you to do is do just like Jesus. Just bless people. Bless people with a meal. Have wholesome, loving, caring conversations with people and see where the Lord leads you. We bless people when we share a meal with them and they bless us in turn. So pray for your neighbors listen to their stories, and eat with them when you get a chance. It's a sacred thing. It's, it's, it's natural, but it's also sacred, like so many other things. Jesus did some of his best work while eating. It's an effective way to bless people. Let's pray. So, Father, thank you for this simple opportunity that you give us to bless people, to be a blessing in our neighborhoods, among our friends, among our co-workers. Help us to take advantage of it, as you did, and, and to realize that it's sacred. It's, it's not something just natural, but there's something special that happens when we gather around a table and we share a meal together and we listen to one another. Lord, prompt us. Uh, make us aware of opportunities and help us to take those opportunities and not to use excuses, but to, to use opportunities to bless people Allow you to be the one who converts people, for it's your Holy Spirit that convicts of sin and leads to righteousness. Lord, help us. Help us to be instruments. Help us to learn to eat with people just like Jesus did. In your name we pray. Amen. I have a question for you to contemplate, and uh, maybe you can, for the next minute or so, you can think about this. What would it take to plan a neighborhood barbecue this summer? In your neighborhood. I know it's the middle of winter, there's a lot of snow around right now, but it won't be long and uh, spring will be here and summer will be here. Well, what would it take for you to plan a barbecue and just invite friends over maybe to your yard or to your cul-de-sac and, and have a barbecue and, and, and just, just sit and listen? Uh, wow, I think that that will be a wonderful opportunity of blessing your neighbors. I'll come back in a minute with a concluding comment. I think there's something very special about gathering together uh, around meals or at church, uh, in, our, in our community groups, in our life groups. I think that, that one of the, the best things about gathering is this idea that we, when we gather together, 
we celebrate the diversity of the kingdom of God because we sit down and we share with people who are unlike us. They come from different backgrounds from us, maybe different ethnic backgrounds, but certainly different family backgrounds, different families of origin, different problems, different occupations, uh, different priorities in their life. And, and we just learn to need to learn and, and hear the, the broadness of, of of creation and the broadness of, of the kingdom of God if we're sitting around with, with Christian friends or if we're coming to church. I think that's one of the, the things that we've really missed when we haven't been gathering together. This celebration of diversity, to look across the aisle and, and see someone who is so unlike you and yet is worshiping the Lord just like you are. I, I think that's really a, a wonderful taste, a wonderful flavor. Uh, of uh, experiencing the kingdom of God. I think gathering together as well is really important in that it, it provides opportunities to serve. It's in our gathering that, that we get to, uh, well, um, use our gifts and our talents for others. And, and, and I'm, thinking, I'm thinking now about uh, when we gather for worship. Uh, you know, sometimes it's that casual conversation that you have with someone before church or after church, or we have a koinonia a moment in our church where we just fellowship together. I think it's that opportunity to talk, even if you're talking about sports, even if you're talking about how someone had a great, you know, for some people, that's their only opportunity all week to have any conversation with an adult or with another human being. And, and you can be a great blessing just by talking, just by opening up and sharing your life with people, let alone allowing it to perhaps... Uh, uh, springboard into an opportunity to encourage them or to pray for them. So uh, our, our gathering together provides all kinds of creative and new opportunities to serve one another, to use our gifts. We're also challenged when we gather together to respond to new ideas uh, by hearing from others, by hearing perhaps a, a sermon or someone talking about their life. We, 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 we're challenged to think beyond our little bubble, beyond our little box, beyond our own way of thinking, and we're, we, we need to uh, respond then. How, what do I think about that? How will I respond to those new ideas? Also, when, when we have an opportunity to gather, when we get to vocalize our worship or praise to God, I think it's more easily to engage with the presence of the Lord when with your... When, you're with a group of people than with your, when you're by yourself, perhaps in front of your uh, television monitor or your, or your computer. Uh, it's easier to engage the presence of the Lord when we're together. So gathering is important. And uh, boy, I'm looking to forward to the time when as a church we can, we're free of all the restraints of masks and all the rest and you know, social distancing, and we're free to completely join together in worship and in prayer and in serving one another. We're looking forward to that. It won't be long. It will happen. But in the meantime, Continue to take opportunities to eat together. Remember, the table is a sacred place in your home, with your family, and with strangers. Take advantage of it. Learn to eat with people like Jesus did. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Our doxology for this series from 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Amen.